Welcome into the 18th episode of College Sports Today here on WLRZ and 99.3 FM. As always, this is Hamilton Neal taking some time to join you this week. We thank you for taking some time to join us as well here on the show. As always, we're going to have so much to talk about, so much to review. We're going to have three segments as usual. At the top, we're going to go over LR Sports. We'll have Bears men's and women's basketball to talk about. We'll go over men's and women's golf news. We'll also be talking men's and women's lacrosse as well as men's and women's track and field. In our second portion of the show, we're going to debut a new segment that is called Recruits in Focus. We're going to be reviewing Kylan Boswell, 2023 five-star point guard, Ashlyn Shade, 2023 five-star guard. We're going to review both of those players, talk about what they do well, what they're going to bring to the teams that they're committed to, Arizona Wildcats and UConn Huskies respectively. This is a segment that we're going to have every so often here on the show to just give you some insight on some of the top recruits in the nation heading off to college campuses, whether that be 2022, 2023. We're going to start talking about 2024 recruits as well very soon. So that is going to be our second segment, Recruits in Focus. And then we're going to wrap things up with our men's and women's college basketball segment. And usually we talk about our top five games of the week for men's and women's basketball at the college level. But what we're going to do here this week is go over our teams of the week. Conference tournaments have started on the women's side. Some of the mid-major conference tournaments have started on the men's side, but a lot of the Power 5 stuff yet to come as well. So with the postseason coming up, we want to give you some insight on some teams to definitely keep your eye on. So that's coming up in segment number three. But again, we're going to start the show off tonight with the news from Lenoran University and the Lenoran men's basketball team. Competing in the South Atlantic Conference Tournament as the number 8 seed for the first time in program history, the Bears saw its 2021-22 season come to a close with a loss to top-seeded and number 7 nationally ranked Lincoln Memorial on Wednesday. Jalen Johnson led the Bears with 16 points on 6 of 12 shooting and added 5 assists and 3 rebounds. TJ Nesmith was the only other LR player in double figures, finishing with 11 points on 5 of 11 shooting. LR was held to a season-low 21 total rebounds and just two offensive boards. The Bears did manage to hit eight second-half three-pointers and shot 45.5% from the field in the final 20 minutes. Lincoln Memorial grabbed 40 rebounds in the game, and Jordan Guest had a game-high 27 points and eight rebounds. Matthew Sells had 18 points and went 7 of 9 from the field, and 4 of 6 from long range. Four other players scored in double figures, giving LMU 6 with at least 10 points. LR drops to 26-24 and all-time in South Atlantic Conference tournament games. This is the first South Atlantic Conference tournament loss to Lincoln Memorial in three games. LR beat LMU in 2007 and 2008, but haven't met in the conference tournament since. LR has never won a South Atlantic Conference tournament game as a 6 seed or worse. The Lenoran women's basketball team was whistled for a foul 88 feet from their basket, with one second left in a tie game, and Newberry went one of two from the free throw line to claim a 67-66 victory and end the Bears' season. LR would have kept their season alive with a win and a Tusculum loss and advanced to the South Atlantic Conference Tournament, but LR fell just short. Brandy Hudson scored in double figures in 19 straight games and averaged 19.6 points since the calendar flipped to 2022. Hannah McClung hit five three-pointers, that's the most for her in any game in her entire career. Emily Harmon finished with a team-high 20 points and played all 40 minutes of action. Harmon added five boards and four assists as well. McClung finished with 15 points, went five of six from long range. Hudson added 12 points and five assists to go with four steals as well. 
for Newberry. Erica Weasley had a game-high 26 points and went 11 of 12 from the field. Courtney Virgo had 9 points and 8 rebounds as well. The Lenorine men's golf team turned in its best performance of the 2021-22 season so far, taking second in the 16-team field at the Spring Bulldog Clash, hosted by Barton University at Caledonia Golf and Fish Club in Polly's Island, South Carolina. Matthew Raybold was under par in all three rounds to shoot six under par for the tournament, and the senior from the United Kingdom finished third in the individual competition, one shot behind the co-champions Bryson Boyette and Luke Palmowski. Roger State won the team competition by five shots. The Bears led the field with a combined team score of 17 under par on par fives over the course of the tournament. Raybold played the par threes even, was two under par on the par fours, and was four under par on the par fives. He tied for the field lead with 39 pars and also made an eagle on the weekend. Liam Waldron came on strong on day two to finish in the top 10 with a 215 over five. He also tied for the most birdies made in the tournament with 12. Cole Sutherland was 14th with a 216 six over. Tyler Hashmi shot 220, 10 over. And Dawson Walker rounded out the bear effort with a score of 222 plus 12. The Bears will look to keep the momentum going next week at the Lander Bearcat Invitational in Greenwood, South Carolina. The Lenoran women's golf team had an outstanding tournament at the Low Tide Intercollegiate at Dunes West Golf Club, finishing second in a field of 13 teams. Megan Robb also finished second in the individual competition, narrowly missing a putt to force a playoff against individual champion Ebba Hellman of Limestone on the final hole. Limestone was the champion of the tournament as a team as well. In the first round, Robb had a bogey-free round to go along with five birdies, four of which came on the back nine. She fired two 73s in a row in the second and third rounds. She finished two under par for the tournament. She led the entire field with a score of two under par on par threes over the weekend and also led the field in birdies with 11. The Bears are in action next at the Ralph Hargett Memorial hosted by Wingate University at Stonebridge Golf Club in Monroe, North Carolina on March 14th and 15th. The Lenoran men's lacrosse team erupted for six goals in the second quarter with three coming from Torrin Eccleston to defeat Belmont Abbey 10-6 in non-conference play back on Saturday afternoon. The win was just the second victory in six all-time trips to Belmont Abbey. The Bears have been 1-4 all-time at Alumni Field prior to that victory. This is the fourth time LR held Belmont Abbey to single-digit scoring in their seven games. They held the Crusaders to just one goal in the final 22 minutes, 15 seconds, and the Bears are now 90-3 all-time when leading after three quarters. The Bears will get into South Atlanta Conference play on Saturday when Coker comes to Hickory for a 4 p.m. faceoff. The Lenoran women's lacrosse team was shut out in the second half as Gannon pulled out an 11-8 victory at Moretz Stadium on Wednesday afternoon. Gannon ended the game on a 5-0 scoring run to grab the win. McKenna Philly started the scoring for the Bears who just put up four goals in the opening quarter. Ellie Campbell, Jolan Mori, and Susie Smith also netted first quarter goals with Campbell and Smith scoring with the Bears a man up. LR wouldn't score in the final 31 minutes one second as the Gannon defense tightened and backup goalie Kendra Delisio made three saves as well. Five different players scored a goal in the second half for Gannon as they took the lead 9-8 with 6.07 left in the third quarter. A pair of fourth quarter goals sealed the win for Gannon. Smith and Campbell finished with three goals each and Mori had a goal and two assists. Alexa Burghardt had a pair of assists. Tiana Sieben made 13 saves as well for the Bears. And the Lenoran men's and women's track and field teams competed in the South Atlanta Conference Indoor Championships at JDL Fast Track in Winston-Salem this past weekend and had a very strong showing. This was the first time this event has taken place since February of 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic, and the Bear women finished second to earn the silver medal, and the men finished fourth overall, half a point behind Wingate for the bronze. Queens was the South Atlantic Conference champion in both the men's and women's competitions. Outdoor season for both teams begins on March 18th when the Bears host the Southside Power and Fitness Invitational at the Moretz Sports Athletic Complex. Again, 
tons of stuff as usual going on here at Lenore Ryan. We got the winter sports winding down. The spring sports have kicked into full swing. And the first thing that we're going to talk about is the LR men's basketball team. We'll talk about the women's team a little bit as well. The Bear men's squad made it into the South Atlantic Conference Tournament. We mentioned as the number eight seed taking on Lincoln Memorial, the number one seed in the tournament, number seven ranked team in the country in all of college basketball in Division II. And again, it was a tough game, 97-67 the final score. That's a 24-3 Lincoln Memorial team. They went to Harrogate, Tennessee at Tex Turner Arena to play them on their home floor. And that's one of the perks you get if you're one of the top seeds is you get that first game on your home floor. And for LR, season finishing at 10-18, and 18, great effort to get into the South Atlantic Conference Tournament. They had to have a lot of things go right. They lost their final game of the season to Newberry. Immediately after that game, they needed Catawba to lose. They needed some other things to happen, and they got that. And they got an opportunity to play in the South Atlantic Conference Tournament. But again, just like we talked about last week when LR took on Queens at home not too long ago, it's tough to play one of the best teams in the country. That was a sixth-ranked Queens squad. That's a number seven Lincoln Memorial team right there. And just too much. Too much firepower. 40 rebounds on the game. Jordan Guest was absolutely outstanding. 27 points and eight rebounds. Matthew Sells had 18. And when you have six players scoring at least 10 points or more, it's going to be really hard as the opponent to win. But Jalen Johnson had a really strong game. 16 points, six of 12 shooting. TJ Nesmith, 11 points on 5 of 11 shooting. It was just tough. Tough all the way through. We didn't see as many players step up, get into that double-figure mark. And their rebounding was very, very poor here in this game. Season-low, 21 total rebounds, just two on the offensive glass. When you're doubled up on the glass, it's going to be hard to win a basketball game. But again, a great effort from LR to get into the conference tournament and to put up that effort. But again, it just was not nearly enough there against Lincoln Memorial. The LR women's basketball team, very close to getting into the SAC women's tournament, but a late foul there. We mentioned 88 feet from their basket with one second in the tie game. You just can't have those things happen if you want to be a postseason team and you want to play into March. And again, when you have late game situations, you know, and intensity's high, things like that can happen. The thing that the coaching staff probably wasn't happy about was that it came almost 94 feet away almost like from the near other end of the court, 88 feet away from the basket. That's probably the one thing that the coaching staff was a little bit upset with, was that it came so far away from the basket. And had it been closer, had it been in the half court, that would have been a different conversation. But at that point, all Newberry needed to do was knock down one free throw, just one of those two free throws. And they got the win 67-66. to Despite that, a solid season for LR. A lot of talent on this squad, kind of like the men's team. They struggled. I think they had a lot more talent than their record indicated. Brendy Hudson, 19 straight games in double figures, 19.6 average since the calendar flipped to 2022. Just an outstanding season for her overall. We've talked about Emily Harmon. Maddie Dillinger was out towards the end of the season, and that obviously had a big impact on what this team looked like. But we saw Hannah McClung step up. We saw Blakely Crook step up. And uh, we saw Megan Lansado bring some good things, the transfer from Western Kentucky. So, again, end to their season right there against Newberry, but did all that they could, put in a great effort. So that is the end for LR Men's and Women's Basketball. We've had a great time talking about both of these teams on this show since the season started and uh, hope for more great things next year. But now it's really time to start looking at the spring sports and looking at those individually. Men's golf, women's golf, doing some great things. Men's golf team 
at the Bulldog Clash hosted by Barton University. We saw some great individual efforts. We saw a great team performance as well. The women's golf team at Dunes West Golf Club, Low Tide Intercollegiate. Megan Robb brings it so consistently for this team every single tournament, and they are just so connected. Individually, she has done great as a team they have as well. Men's and women's lacrosse doing some good things as well. The women's lacrosse team is struggling a little bit. They haven't got that rhythm going. Lost there to Gannon 11-8 at Moretz Stadium Wednesday. And then you look at the men's team, you know, what they've been doing. 11th ranked in the country right now. Torn Eccleston brought it there against Belmont Abbey. Three goals coming from him just in the second quarter. They had six in that quarter overall, three of them from Torn Eccleston. And now 90-3 and all-time when leading after three quarters. When this team has the lead, history shows that you're not going to beat them. 90-3 and all-time when leading after three quarters. Coker's coming to town on Saturday. 4 p.m. start for the men. The women's game starts at 1 p.m., so definitely come check out those games. And then the uh, men's and women's track and field teams doing some good things at the South Atlantic Conference Indoor Championships. There's a lot more information as far as how everybody did individually, but we talked about as a team, the women's squad finished second to earn the silver medal. The men's team finished fourth. Didn't quite hit the medal stand there, but uh, just finished a half point behind Winget, but a great effort overall. And uh, they're going to get some time off now. March 18th is their next event. Definitely looking forward to that. If you can, come out to all of these Bears Athletics events. We have so much going on right now here in the spring, and that's all that we have in our LR Sports segment tonight. Next week, we'll talk more baseball. We'll talk softball. All of these spring sports we talked here tonight as well, track and field, men's and women's lacrosse, men's and women's golf, all of this stuff rolling right now here at LR. So many of our teams doing really well. That is going to wrap up segment number one. Coming up in segment number two, we'll have some brand new stuff to bring to you with our Recruits in Focus segment. A detailed look at 2023 five-star recruits Kylan Boswell and Ashlyn Shea. That's coming up on the other side of this break. You're listening to College Sports Today on WLRZ 99.3 FM. back in to College Sports Today, episode number 18. Excited to bring a brand new segment to you here in our second portion of the show, and it's called Recruits in Focus. We talked a little bit about this at the top, but what we're going to do in this segment, every so often, every couple of weeks, we're going to bring you a detailed look at one of the top men's basketball recruits in the country and one of the top women's basketball recruits in the country. And tonight, we're taking a look at two 2023 five-star recruits, Kylan Boswell and Ashlyn Shade. We're going to first take a look at Kylan Boswell. He's ranked 11th overall, number two at the point guard spot, and number two in the state of Arizona, according to 247 Sports. He plays at Compass Prep in Arizona. He's committed to the hometown Arizona Wildcats. He pledged to them not too long ago, just back on February the 28th. Chose the Wildcats over Illinois, Kansas, Oregon, UNLV, Michigan, Texas Tech, and USC. A lot of high-level schools in the mix there as well. 
but this is a player that we talked about maybe about a month or so ago on this show, maybe a little over a month ago, and we talked about Arizona really being kind of that front runner because remember, Kentucky was in the mix here in this recruitment. They didn't make the top eight. A big reason why they didn't make the top eight was because they did not extend a scholarship offer. And when schools like Arizona, Kansas, Oregon were making them a priority, Kentucky wasn't as much. Again, Kentucky really has done a lot of good things in this class of 2023. I think one big mistake was not prioritizing Kylan Boswell. And the reason I say that is because not only is he consistent and steady on the offensive end, but defensively, I think that's where everything starts for him. He's a physical defender. He sets the tone on that side of the ball, defends well in the half court as well as in transition. And that's the mark of a great defender. Not only locking people down in the half court, but running in transition. He puts in 110% effort on both sides of the basketball, but he takes pride in his defense. And that's something that's kind of become lost with top recruits around the country is that defensive ability. Like I said last week, we talked about Zion Cruz. We talked about Jared McCain. Those guys kind of having to develop on the defensive side of the ball. Colin Boswell is ready on the defensive end. And I compare him to Davion Mitchell. I think he's going to be like a smaller Davion Mitchell just at the point guard spot. Davion Mitchell now with the Sacramento Kings played at Baylor, won a national championship there. He was an elite two-way player. Offensively, he could fill it up, but defensively, he was just as good at the shooting guard spot. Now, Davion was a lot bigger, a lot stronger than Kylan Boswell, and he played a different position, but with their two-way ability, there is some similarity there. So that's a guy that I compare Kylan Boswell to just from the two-way standpoint. Now, again, on the offensive end, great vision. He's a willing passer. He can shoot it from all three levels, and he's not scared to shoot the basketball from three. At the point guard spot, you still kind of got to play like a shooting guard now. You got to bring it with that three-point jump shot. And I think when Steph Curry came along at the point guard position and started to play like a shooting guard, that's when everything changed. That's when the game of basketball changed, especially for point guards. Knowing that they could shoot the basketball and kind of play like a two-man, but they're still leading the ball off the floor. They're still doing everything that point guards do. It's just that they have that ability to shoot from three. And there's almost that green light now for point guards to shoot from behind the arc consistently, just as consistently as shooting guards do. So that's what Kylan Boswell is going to bring to Arizona. And I talked about the last time we talked about him, that Arizona was definitely the favorite. Just looking at the top eight, knowing they were in-state, the program that they've built, one of the best teams in the country this year, new coaching staff, Tommy Lloyd rejuvenating things, that Arizona was going to be the favorite. And that prediction did come through. And that's really what everybody else was predicting as well, was that he was going to go to Arizona and that they were the team to beat. And that came through and that came true. Committed to the Wildcats back on February 28th and is going to be a huge, huge addition for what hopes to be a very big 2023 class for the Arizona Wildcats. Now let's take a look at Ashland Shade, one of the best women's basketball recruits in the entire country, regardless of class. She's out of the class of 2023, ranked fifth overall, third at the guard spot, and number one in her state, Indiana. She plays at Noblesville High School. She committed to UConn back on January 12th of this year. She chose the Huskies over Notre Dame, Tennessee, Stanford, Vanderbilt, North Carolina, Louisville, and Indiana. And what UConn needs, and this is something that we've talked about so consistently on this show, and something that national analysts, really everybody, when they talk about UConn, they've talked about the fact that they need three-point shooting. They need players outside of like Paige Beckers, AZ Fudd to shoot the three. And we've seen that 
develop a little bit better this season with the emergence of a Caroline Ducharme, and they're bringing in more personnel that will allow them to get better from three. Ashlyn Shade is the player at the two-guard spot that can play with Paige Beckers, that can play with Daisy Fudd, Caroline Ducharme, and knock shots down from behind the three-point line consistently. Elite from behind the arc. She can shoot it from the mid-range as well. She moves well without the basketball. And that's the thing that I talked about probably the most the last time we discussed Ashlyn Shade. It's that she moves without the basketball as consistently as anybody at that two-guard spot in this class. And if you're a shooting guard, you've got to create your own space. Nobody's creating that space for you. You know, the point guard can only do so much. You have to do a little bit of the work as well to find some creases, find some space. She can get to the rim as well with those same abilities, moving without the basketball and continuing to get stronger. And for a moment there, it looked like Tennessee was the team to be. She took a lot of visits there and really was trying to get a feel for what that program was about. But when she took a UConn visit, it was for a Creighton game back a couple of months ago. That's when she really felt that connection with the program and really felt that she could see herself playing there in a UConn uniform. And she will be maybe the most important addition for UConn in the upcoming cycles. They bring in Ayanna Patterson. They bring in Ice Brady. Some much needed interior help. Wing and interior help. But what Shade will bring to them is exactly what they need. Kamora Arnold will compliment her as a part of this 2023 class. Obviously, UConn is still recruiting Michaela Williams. There's still a ton of other players that they're in the mix for and that they're targeting. And if you want to know how good she is, just ask Tyrese Halliburton of the Indiana Pacers. He's playing now for them after being traded from the Sacramento Kings. He saw the state championship game that Noblesville was playing in and that they won on television. And he saw Ashlyn Shade playing. He was like, who's that in the white uniform? She's, she's pretty dang good. And it was Ashlyn Shade. He had no idea that she was going to UConn, but he saw the talent. UConn saw her elite ability, and now she's going to be playing for them coming up. So definitely look at these two recruits as some of the best in the nation in men's and women's basketball, Kylan Boswell and Ashlyn Shade. This is our first Recruits in Focus segment. It was a lot of fun. We'll have a lot more of these coming up as well. That wraps up segment number two. Coming up in our final frame of college sports today, we'll talk men's and women's college basketball with our teams of the week, the third-ranked Baylor Bears and the seventh-ranked UConn Huskies. That's coming up after this break on college sports today on WLRZ 99.3 FM. back here on episode 18 of College Sports Today, and we're now heading into segment three, the final frame of our show here tonight. Usually in this segment, we talk men's and women's college basketball with our top five games of the week. We're going to do something a little bit different here this week. We're going to go over one men's team of the week and one women's team of the week and talk about some of the things that they've been doing. These are two surging and emerging teams, and I use that phrase almost every single week now when we're talking about some team in men's and women's college basketball. And these are two teams that you definitely have to keep your eye on right now because things are starting to come together for both of these squads. 
the Baylor Bears on the men's side, and the Yukon Huskies on the women's side. First, let's talk about Baylor. They are 25-5 overall, third ranked in the AP Top 25. This was after they were ranked 10th, and they were blown out by Kansas. Everything was looking kind of murky with this team. We didn't know where things were going, and then things really started to turn around. Monday, February 21st, let's go back and talk about that day. They played Oklahoma State on the road. They got a 66-64 win. Adam Flagler had 29 points. Matthew Mayer had 12 points. Those were the only two players in double figures. Baylor really did not play well in this basketball game. But James Akinjo had a go-ahead jumper with under 20 seconds to go to give them the 66-64 lead, which they ended up holding on to to get that win. It was just a gritty game. It was a hard-nosed, tough basketball game. And something that Baylor really doesn't experience that much, being in the Big 12, up and down, pace and space kind of basketball, that game is one that I really think they needed to really just find some grit and really rise up, rise above. They got that win. And again, that's at Oklahoma State. That's not a great Oklahoma State team, but that is a tough place to play. Then going over to Saturday, February 26th, huge win. 80-70 to win against then fifth-ranked Kansas. Flo Tamba had 18 points. Jeremy Soshan had 17 Adam Flagler had 13, James Akinjo had 12. Four players in double figures, super balanced scoring attack, and that was a really validating win for the Baylor Bears. To get that win in front of the home crowd, really get everybody going and excited again about this team, was a really, really huge confidence boost because we talked about a couple of weeks ago, they were swept by Texas Tech, lost both games to them, blown out by Kansas at Kansas, and just had some other close calls. And I was really starting to lose confidence in them as a legitimate national championship threat. Remember, this is the team that won last year, but this isn't the team that won last year. There are so many new faces on this squad. Yes, Flagler is back. Mayer is back. But you have Akinjo coming in as a transfer. Kendall Brown is a starter as a freshman. True freshman. He's starting in that lineup for them. So there is a lot of moving parts. There have been a lot of moving pieces with this Baylor team this season. So overall... Those two games, really, really big for them. And then Monday, February 28th, win at Texas, 68-61. Akinjo and Flagler had 19. Kendall Brown had 13. Flo Tamba had 12. This Baylor squad is hot. They are surging and emerging. They've won seven of their last eight contests, and they now have a record of 25-5 and overall. To lose Jared Butler, to lose Davion Mitchell, and all the pieces that they lost last year, to come back and still be ranked third in the nation right now, very impressive. Scott Drew has done a great coaching job over especially the last three or four weeks. You know, what he's done to get this team back on track is extremely impressive. And they are a team to watch. They can repeat. Now, will they repeat? I, I can't answer that question right now. Obviously, I, I can't look into the future and see if they're going to win. But I'm confident that they can be a Final Four team. And the reason is because they have Flagler and Mayer, and Akinjo in the backcourt. Those three provide something a little bit different. You know, Akinjo is kind of that balanced prospect who can bring some scoring, he can bring some assisting as well. Flagler, especially in the Oklahoma State game, was a scorer. 29 points, really carried them on his back. And then Matthew Mayer is really a great shooter. He's knocked down shooter at the two-yard spot. He can play some three as well. And that's really what Baylor needs, consistency from those three. Now, Kendall Brown, as a true freshman, you know, to come in, do what he's done, chip in some double-figure performances has been really good. And Flo Tamba, on the inside, has brought some great things as well. Last year, he did some good things for them, and he's going to be really critical because if Baylor is going to try to repeat for a championship this year, it's not going to be about the backcourt. We know the backcourt is fine. They're fine and good. 
They look great in that department, but it's going to be about the front court, wing players, and interior guys. And we're going to see just how good Baylor is coming up. Coming into the Big 12 tournament, it's going to be really, really intense. Competition is going to be great. You got Kansas there. Texas is still in the top 25. Iowa State's a really good basketball team. Obviously, we don't talk about the TCU Horned Frogs much on this show. In fact, we've never talked about them on College Sports Today. That's a team to watch as well. Mike Miles, as well as Charles O'Bannon Jr., some good players on that basketball team. They are going to the NCAA tournament, TCU Horned Frogs. You heard me right. TCU is going to the tournament. So there are a lot of things still left to play out with that Baylor squad. But on the men's side of things, I don't think there's a team playing better right now than them. And I don't think there's a team playing better on the women's side than number seven, UConn, 23 and five overall. Right now, I want to look at the last two games in particular. And we can talk about games before that and what they have coming up in the Big East tournament. But the last two games have been very, very significant. And it's because of the return of Paige Beckers. Coming off the tibial plateau fracture, she sustained the injury in the December 5th win against Notre Dame, was out for almost three months straight, and finally made her return Friday, February 25th in a 93-38 win against St. John's. Now, in these two games that she's played, the final two of the regular season, she's been on a minutes restriction. 12 minutes here in the St. John's game, eight points. She hit a buzzer beater at the end of the first quarter, got the crowd hyped, got the crowd going. AZ Fudd led the scoring effort with 19. Aaliyah Edwards had 16. Huge game for her. Caroline Ducharme, Olivia Nelson Adota, Kristen Williams, all in double figures as well with 13. Huge, huge confidence building win for UConn and just for Paige to get her feet wet again and get back on the floor and knock down some shots. Now she started on Sunday, February 27th in an 88-31 win over Providence. That was senior day for UConn. Beckers did not start in the St. John's game. She did start here in the Providence game. Had two points, three rebounds, and five assists. So the St. John's game, she played 12 minutes. The Providence game, 13 minutes. And had a nice, solid stat line for that little amount of playing time. Kristen Williams had 16 points. AZ Fudd, Dorka Juhas had 14. Livia Nelson Adota had 13. Caroline Ducharme and Aaliyah Edwards were just outside double figures. Ducharme had nine. Edwards had seven. And now, with that, UConn has won seven games in a row and they're the number one seed in the 2022 Big East Women's Basketball Tournament. And just like we talked about with Baylor, I don't think there is a team playing better right now than UConn in women's college basketball. That doesn't mean they're the best team in the country, but they are the team that's had the most surge, and they've been so consistent over the last couple of weeks. And with Paige Becker's back now, there's really more juice with this team. For them to see Paige back on the floor had to have been a good feeling for everybody on that team because... UConn just isn't the same without her on the floor. They've sustained losses this season where they've been super out of sync on the offensive side of the ball, and it's been very alarming. And there's still some things they need to clean up, but they're as healthy now, actually the healthiest they've been all season long, because Paige is starting to get back to 100% and starting to get more comfortable. Fudd's at 100, Juhas has had some injuries, but she's back playing very well, Kristen Williams, Nelson Adota, Ducharme, the whole core is there, and they're ready to make the push now. doesn't matter about their ranking, really doesn't matter about what their seed is either. It's just about the opponents they draw and finding good matchups, and we'll see who they get in the Big East tournament. It's going to be a very competitive tournament because there's a Villanova team that's a number two seed. They have the Big East player of the year in Matty Segrist, and they have a really, really good coaching staff. They've done a great job building that team. DePaul is the four seed, Marquette's the five seed. Those two teams are playing coming up Saturday in their first game. So 
definitely look at this Big East tournament as not just a cakewalk for UConn. It's going to be challenging. And especially in the semifinal and, and, and in the Big East championship game, there's going to be a challenge waiting for them. And it could be in the form of DePaul. And they got to face Anissa Morrow. They've had trouble dealing with her, the Big East freshman of the year. It could be with Marquette, which is a team that I think they're really much better than and they've had their way with. And then you have a Villanova team that beat UConn just not too long ago, maybe under a month ago. They got a win against the UConn Huskies. So Villanova, DePaul are really the two biggest threats. I really don't see Marquette as uh, much of a threat coming up. But look at Villanova and DePaul as really the, the teams to watch coming up in the Big East tournament as far as opponents UConn could draw. So that's what's going on in college basketball right now. Obviously, Power 5 conference tournaments going on in women's college basketball, mid-major conference tournaments this week in men's college basketball. Next week is when the Power 5 tournaments are starting up. And guys, will you believe it? Next Sunday is Selection Sunday. Not this Sunday, but next Sunday. We will have a field of 68 in men's college basketball. We will have a field of 68 in women's college basketball. It's a super exciting time of year. No better time of year if you're covering college basketball, if you're covering college athletics. We've had so much to talk about here on this show. We went through LR news. We had a recruits and focus segment talking college basketball with our teams of the week. Absolutely a load of fun here this week on College Sports Today. This has been episode number 18. We thank you as always for taking the time to listen. We as always want to give a special thanks to everybody at Lenoran University, the School of Journalism and Mass Communication, and WLRZ 99.3 FM. This is Hamilton Neal signing off. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.